This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Mirror Football Daily World Cup podcast in association with Bet Bright. Uh, we're off the back of another packed day of uh, World Cup action with Germany and Brazil both playing and both dropping points. I'm here with Alex and Matty, and uh, we'll throw to you first, Alex, given that you're the German football expert among us. Uh, not an ideal start for the world champions. Uh, no, of course not. Um... They expect to be contenders, they expect to win games such as this, but I think they were really surprised by Mexico and their approach. And they really disappointed um, the amount of times Mexican players were running free over the halfway line, 3v2s, 4v2s. Um, Matt Hummels and Jerome Boateng after the game both said that they both felt like the rest of the team had just left them to defend on their own. And at times that's what it seemed like. Really, really disappointing start for them. That being said... Mexico, on the other hand, were, were brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. And I think they were partying. I think they're still partying in, in Moscow now, aren't they? Uh, apparently, uh, 100,000 made the trip from, from Mexico to Russia, which is incredible. But, I mean, Mexico looked like a team that could be one of the real dark horses of this competition. I thought the goalkeeper was superb. And Javier Hernandez, a player who's, who's been frustrated for a season at West Ham, looked like a good player, didn't he? Um, he looked like the player that, for me, I've been saying it for a long time, he's one of the best uh, forwards in the world for, for that kind of role and, and he, he expertly provided the goal um, and Mexico was a joy to watch it really were but Germany a lot of the talk going into this tournament for the world champions was look if they can afford to drop Leroy Sané then they're going to be absolutely fine well they wasn't they were all over the place and um, Neuer coming up at the end was just embarrassing I thought talking of Leroy Sané I mean you know, a penny for his thoughts watching that Germany were pretty toothless in attack which seems strange to say given given the sort of attacking players at their disposal but so, surely Sané would have been sat at home watching that thinking you know it's probably more frustrated than any German fan because he's in a position where he could do something about that if only he'd been selected I think possibly but I also think that it wouldn't have made the most tiny bit of difference at all such was the way they played um, they had absolutely no control over the game um, Sami Kadira He's now the wrong side of 30, and if we're being kind, his legs are on the wane. He's been a terrific player for Germany over the years, um, but in a, in a midfield two, just him and Tony Cruz, they really lack mobility. And, um, I think Louvre realised that, didn't he? Because he hooked him. Yeah, I think, I think he has to. I think, I think at the last World Cup, in those bigger games, they had Cruz, a runner who was nominally Kadir, but occasionally was Kramer, and Schweinsteiger, all in midfield. Yeah. Um, they seem to have changed and moved away from that in the intervening period so that Meza Ozil's playing as a defined number 10 and you've only got two in the middle. And it, it just didn't work yesterday. They were completely overrun. Um, and at times you've got full-backs that are 
popping up at centre foot. You know, everyone's laughing when Joshua Kimmich is doing an overhead kick mm. in the centre forward position. But should he really be there? Is is that what your right back should be doing? Um, they're just very disappointing. Um, I think if you had added Sane on that left side, he'd have given them an outlet, perhaps. But would he have done anything that Thomas Muller didn't do? that Timo Werner didn't do, that Julian Draxler didn't do. I'm not so sure. I think it was just all round a bad day at the office. It's a real danger they could go out now, though. They've lost one game and they've got two to go. And who's to say that Germany, this could be one of the real shocks of the tournament well, so far. They're bottom of the group. After after, after one game in that group, yeah. Germany are bottom. The other game is a draw. So they're, they're the other game, game's today. Oh, right. He's predicted it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other game's going to be a draw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but as as things stand, obviously with their goal difference, Germany are bottom of the group. Uh, as long as long as one of the, one of the other teams picks up points today, which is obviously going to happen, then they're going to you know, they're, they're, they're going to be behind the eight ball. Um, just finally on this game, I just wanted to touch on uh, Herving Lozano, the goal scorer for Mexico. He's been linked with a plethora of clubs. Manchester United quite heavily linked with him. I think last summer. Do you think he's a player that? Oh, he's so quick, isn't he? He's he's, he's... I like him a lot. I think he'd fit in really well in the Premier League. He's a live way. He's got a hint of Alexis Sanchez about him. Yeah. Just that kind of... He can go both ways down the wing. He's a bit of a fighter. He can score goals, as we saw yesterday. Um, he, he's got the lot for that sort of position. Whether he goes on in this tournament and really makes a name for himself, we'll have to wait and find out. But I'm sure scouts were watching with interest yesterday. He could be one of those players that, you know, catches the eye, as Al says, and... Uh, could be some big money spent on him this summer. And Germany weren't the only team, the only big team yesterday to drop points. Uh, it all seemed to go in swimmingly for Brazil when Philippe Coutinho scored. <coughs> oh, what a goal! What what is the goal of the tournament so far? In in a in a pretty packed field, it has to be said. <laughs> yeah, you're right, days. mate. Yeah. But it could be the goal of the tournament. Full stop. It's going to take some beating that one. But uh, after that, Brazil. Brazil, they weren't that impressive. Switzerland done a bit of a job on them and probably deserved to join the end. They definitely did. I mean, I mean, I just want to throw in Nacho's goal for Spain because I love yeah, the technique for that. Yeah. But Coutinho, that's exactly what he does. A superb finish. No goalkeeper in the world will get anywhere near that goal. Phenomenal. But then Brazil, they, I don't know, they, everything seemed to revolve around Neymar and he was the outlet and Switzerland just did a fantastic job on him. Just kicked him up in the air all game, basically. Um, and he was so frustrated, by which, it. which he would. Yeah, to I be mean, fair. but then he seemed to be—he seemed to be the man taking all the set pieces. And I just—I think Brazil should mix it up. They've got great set piece takers there, like William and Coutinho himself, you know, and, and others. He was taking them. He didn't have any joy out of his free kicks last night. A real had one late on where he decided to float it in into the box where he should just have a shot, you know, twenty-five yards out from goal with with two yeah. minutes to go, have a bang. So. I don't think Neymar's quite right at the minute. I still think he's, you know, let's let's not forget that he hasn't played for a long time. I think three months he's been out of action. He's sort of been dribs and drabs, but he looked like a player that was sort of not at his best yesterday. And I think Switzerland realised that, did a job on him, and um, I think the rest of the Brazil team kind of folded as a result, in a sense. I, uh, I raged on here on Saturday about France being lazy um, in their performance against Australia. I thought Brazil were after half an hour. I think they thought they'd won the game. Yeah, exactly. And they just completely kind of switched it down, dialed it down, and they allowed Switzerland to get back in it. Switzerland should never have been allowed to get back in that game. You know, you can say whatever you want about the goal, whether it's a push, whether VAR should have intervened. For me, it's, it's in the penalty area, a corner. A defender's turned his body the wrong way. Hello? We're breaking things. <laughs> defender's turned his body the wrong way. He might get a little nudge, but that happens. 
it's a perfectly legitimate goal for me. And I then agree. Brazil should have woke up again, but they, they really didn't until the last 10 minutes or so. I saw quite a few people on Twitter saying that that should have been referred to VAR, and I think it would have been an absolute travesty if it had been, because yes, by the letter of the law, it probably should have been ruled out. But, you know, this is a World Cup. If, if, if we're going to VAR for something as slight as that, for me, that's not what it's there for. It's there to eliminate a howler. That, that's a little nudge in the back for me. It's clever forward and, play. It's weak defending, and it's, it, it's and the thing with that is that the, the VARs in the studio would have seen that they'd have looked at it from all angles, and they wouldn't have then turned around to the referee and said, "You need to review this." So they're obviously happy with it. The referee was happy with it to begin with, and just carry on. I think we, we touched on uh, Irving Lozano in the last game. There was another couple of sort of transfer targets in action yesterday, and they were both. Heavily involved in the goal, actually. Jordan Shakiri, who's heavily linked with Liverpool and Everton, uh, obviously still relegated to the Championship, whipped in a, a brilliant ball for the for the goal. And Alisson, who was in nets for Brazil, few people saying he could have perhaps come for that. He was in his six-yard box. He was stuck on his line. Granted, it was a quick ball across. Do you think he could have done better? I think so. He's got to take command of his area. And personally, I'd rather have Edison in goal, if I, if I were picking. Um but Shakir is an interesting one. He, for me, he's the sort of player who thrives on those big games and he, he seems to turn up. But, you know, whether a club like Liverpool would be right for him, we'll, we'll have to see. But he, I think Gary Neville's analysis on him was, was spot on. You know, he, he let Stoke down massively last season. And if I were a big club like Liverpool, I wouldn't go near him. He, he hides at times, doesn't he? Yeah. I'll give him his credit. Last night, the last 20 minutes when Switzerland were looking for an outlet, someone to keep the ball, someone to get them up the pitch, he was brilliant. He was, yeah. But he doesn't do that anywhere near often enough. No, he's not consistent, and um, I think that's the point with him. He, he sort of turns it on when he wants to. And I, I don't like that about footballers. I think if you've got it, just give it everything you can over 90 minutes. And, you know, on his day, he's great, but even for 12 million, I, I'd, I'd steer away from him. Right, so let's look ahead to this evening and the big one. I think the World Cup's been going about five days now. Seems a little bit late because England are in such a, such a late group that. But England finally come to the party this evening. Now, on paper, this is a relatively simple fixture, you'd think. Nice one to ease your way into the tournament. But we've seen Spain drop points. We've seen Germany drop points. We've seen Brazil, Argentina all drop points. England can't have their names that list tonight, surely. Oh, hopefully not. I think the uh, the bright bundle with uh, Bet Bright is England to score four or more and keep a clean sheet eight to one. Fancy that, England 4-0 win. I, I would not go near England <laughs> scoring four goals, to be fair. I, I think Tunisia aren't a bad side. Their side no, should no. be beating, but they'll be organised, they'll be tough to break down. They'll have a threat on the break, I have no doubt about that. Um, Wabi Kazri will be out to impress, having formerly been of Sunderland and you know never really taking his chance in the Premier League. Um, England should win this game, but I think four goals is very optimistic. You know, If, if this is a routine 2-0 win, I think we all say... Terrific, well done, lads. On to the next one. So you, you mentioned sort of England's goal-scoring problems there, and I think that is the big thing, isn't it, going into this tournament? I think the, the mood in the camp, both within the players, the, the media that are out there, all the feedback we're getting is, you know, it's all very harmonious. Gareth Southgate's interviews have been a breath of fresh air. He's sort of said, you know, what's not to love? We're, we're, we're at the biggest carnival of football in the world with, with all his best pals. The weather's all right. You know, let, let, let's enjoy ourselves. But... There is that little nagging thing, isn't there? While England have been brilliant defensively over the last sort of six months, goal scoring has been a problem. Invariably, if Harry Kane hasn't found the net, England has struggled. So, is are they going to arrest that in this World Cup? You need Kane to get off to a good start. We'll be clear on that. He is the main man. He's there to add that finishing touch. Um, 
But I do think that they've got the players around him, the movement, the energy, Deli Ali, Raheem Sterling, Jesse Lingard, who have all got a goal in them and who can all create a chance. You know, if, if, if England go down in flames at this tournament, but they've really put on a show and really attack teams, I'll have no qualms about that. Um, I think it will be a world away from what we saw two years ago when it was very much stodgy forward play. You knew what you were going to get. It was very slow and ponderous. I think there's an effervescence about this team. If there is a goal-scoring problem because they miss too many chances, then at the end of the day, you, you say, fine, the performances are there, but you've just missed. Um, I think they'll create. It's just that finishing touch. And just looking at, at team selection, I suppose probably the biggest questions within that back three. Uh, Gary Cahill, I think, started the first friendly when we all thought this was probably Gareth Southgate's team, but the word we're getting now is perhaps Harry Maguire might join that back three alongside John Stone and Kyle Walker. Do you think... I think that's the way to go. I think I think he likes Harry Maguire on the ball more, doesn't he? I think he thinks he's a better footballer than Gary Cahill. So if you're assuming that they're going to dominate the ball, then perhaps that's the way you go. And then you look at it on a game-by-game basis. You know, against Belgium, you would expect probably not to have so much of the ball. So maybe you go with a better defender then. Um, and I think that's the way he's looking at it. And and in, and in midfield, uh, we're expecting surely England only one holding midfielder against Tunisia. Surely. <laughs> it looks that way. I think Jordan Henson will get a nod, won't he? Um, I think it's all about the attacking emphasis on this one. I think we've got to go for it early doors. It, it, don't forget the weather's going to be quite hot. Um, 20 degrees warmer than in most places in Russia in, in Volgograd. So, um, you know, England could be made to sweat a little bit. So I think they need to get out of the traps early doors. Sterling's uh, he's, he's the man that everything's going to go through him, I think. And then um, try and get Harry Kane involved, Deli Ali and um, Jesse Lingard. Uh, just just quickly on the other game in the group, obviously before England kick off, Belgium take on Panama. We'll have a close eye on that one. This is, you know, we, we keep hearing about this Belgian golden generation, a bit like England in in the two thousands when you know we all thought we had a great chance of winning something around two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand six, and never really materialised. You sort of get that same feeling with Belgium, and you think if it's going to happen, surely it's going to yeah. I mean, on, on paper they look like they're the favourites for the tournament. In fact, if you were playing this tournament on FIFA on the computer you'd probably win it easily wouldn't you but when you look at it in reality it's all well behind the scenes I mean we saw footage uh, on Friday you can watch this at Mirror Online of the Belgium training session and Kevin De Bruyne who, who seems to me to be a sensible cool head he's, he's not he the guy you think going to slam someone he, he absolutely clatters Adnan Janazai now whatever's gone on before and he looks like he said something to him afterwards as well I mean it's a it's a horrendous tackle and if it was in the game he'd get sent off for it yeah that that shouldn't happen in a training session going into your first World Cup game no so we talk about Belgium's golden generation but for me I, I question whether it's a, is it a collection of great individuals but not a team I think there's a very they now feel the pressure because they went to 2014 quarterfinals and got beat being by Wales at the Euros, when if they'd have beat the Welsh, I think they'd probably go on and are favourites to get to the final against France because I didn't rate Portugal at that tournament. Um, this is very much their last chance. You've got players now hitting 30 or the wrong side of 30. You've got Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne at their peak. Yeah. So I think you could put the De Bruyne thing down to perhaps that they are feeling that pressure and they need to make a mark. Um, we did see the video and of course straight after the tackle he was in no mood to apologise for whatever reason (laughs) apparently he did later on Um, but they should get off to a flying start Panama I watched Belgium beat Costa Rica very convincingly scored four could have had eight 
I'd expect something similar because Panama are not as good as Costa Rica. Yeah, and I would say, touching on that, you've got Lukaku. I mean, for me, you'd back him to score. He could be in the next Ronaldo today, can he? If someone's going to score a hat-trick, it should yeah. be him, shouldn't it? He'll get, he'll get chances tonight. He'll get a lot of chances. 12-5 to 5 with Bet Bright. If you fancy Lukaku to score first and the Bet Bright bundle is Belgian to win by four goals and to keep clean sheets, similar to the England one, but this is only 4-1 to one rather than 8. So the rookies fancy in Belgium to run amok. Uh, very, very quickly on the earlier game, uh, Sweden versus South Korea, uh, as we touched on before in Germany's group, the Bet Bright bundle for that one. Each team scored two plus goals at six to one. Just a quick prediction on that one. I think it'll be tight. I think it's, it's two teams that are both well organised and they've, they've both got one star player. Sweden have got Emil Forsberg. Um, South Korea have got Sun. If one of those two really steps on it, then that will be the difference. I think it'll be a very tight encounter. Right, and uh, I think that will do us for today's Mirror Football World Cup Roundup in association with Bet Bright. I suppose all that's left for us to say is come on, England. Yes, come on, England. And join us tomorrow. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.